All right, welcome everyone to a special World Cup edition of the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. We are here in the midst of all of the games to talk all things World Cup, all the things we've been watching, all the things we haven't been watching, and everything else related to the greatest tournament in the world. Who knows? Who knows? Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Taylor. I'm doing very well. Um, it's been uh, a wild ride. It's crazy to think that we're already so deep into the tournament. And uh, just beforehand, when we were scrolling through these games, uh, just how many games were played, it just is amazing to uh, how fast it all goes uh, yeah. and how much how much football is played. And it's it's just, it's unlike anything else. I do think it is probably the best tournament in the world. The fact that there were four games a day there for a while is just insane. Yeah, <laughs> just crazy, just crazy. And without being too much of a downer, I really hope that FIFA doesn't change the structure of the World Cup at all because that has been talked about for future tournaments. And Oh, they're 100% man. I know, but it's so disappointing to like think about it structured in any other way. Like, I don't know. I don't want I don't want like a third place group team, third place team in a group to like it have a chance at event. I don't know. I just think that the way it is right now is great. And uh I think especially the last day of this group stage um was so dramatic for so many groups that I just can't see it being any other way um it was just so much fun yeah. um i don't know we'll see we'll see but yeah let's not get ahead of ourselves yeah i think i think once the kind of like jeopardy of win or go home or like you know the possibility of going home kind of gets introduced in the last group game and then all of the all of the knockout games it just becomes so good like the quarter the quarterfinals are maybe like the two most fun days of soccer watching I've ever had in my life. It's just like all four of those games were so much fun and so yeah. tense. Um, oh, I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very good games. Um, yeah. Oh man. I can't wait to get into some of these games. These were so much fun to watch. Um, yeah. All right. Well, do we, we want to like, just jump straight in? Yeah. So we've uh, the first thing on our, on our uh, running order and, Listeners, just to um, let you behind the curtain a little bit, we've got kind of four big things that we want to touch on. Um, we're not going to talk about Premier League, or we're not going to talk about fantasy Premier League much, if at all. We're mostly just going to talk about our experience of watching the World Cup and maybe some uh, things that have caught our eye, some players who have caught our eye. Um, but it's going to be mostly World Cup focused. So with that, um, the first thing on our running order is what are have been our favorite games of the World Cup so far? So Evan, I'll throw it to you first. What have been some of your favorite games? Wow. Um, just thinking about some of these games, it's so hard to to like narrow there were I feel like there was a lot of really good games. Um, I would say the first one, the first one that really I guess caught my eye that I personally watched, because there were some that I think were um pretty interesting that I just didn't catch like yeah. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Japan, Germany. I didn't get to catch those, but I did watch um, Spain and Costa Rica, uh, mm-hmm. the seven nil. That was, that to me was very fun watching Spain do what they do best. Um, they looked incredible that game. Um, and 
that score, I mean, that game probably flattered them um, a little bit, but just because of how they ended up doing in the tournament later on. But when I was watching them play that game, I thought that they're, they're going to win it all. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to make it to the finals easily. Like this is incredible stuff that they're doing. And, um, and it was watching that game was interesting. Um, to think about, especially in parallel with the U.S., how Spain has gone from uh, a couple world, two or three World Cups ago, to having this like uh, golden generation of Xavi, Iniesta, um, um, like Puyol, uh, Pique, uh, yeah, yeah, Pique, Busquets, uh, yeah, yeah, Busquets. Oh my gosh, like uh, David Silva. Um, Man, they just had so many great, great players on that team, especially when they won it. Yeah. Um, but around that time, those like two or three World Cups was kind of like a golden generation for them. I was very impressed watching them play Costa Rica and thinking about that, thinking, wow, this is they've really transitioned very well. I mean, they're always going to have great players, but um just the young players that they have coming through. Um, it seems like over the last three World Cups they like slowly um it's not like that golden generation just they all left at the same time yeah um it's like some of them kind of uh some of them left some of them kept kept uh you know playing and uh kind of raising these younger kids um beneath them so like i don't know the transition from that squad to where they're at now i think has been um pretty good i think that there's still probably places that they could be uh they could improve um but i would say overall like coming coming from where they were um world cup winners um you know i feel like they've done a good job uh fostering the this latest talent yeah no i totally agree i had the same experience watching spain in the group stage especially i was like there's no way this team is not going to win and i think i think that's kind of the that's the the trap of that style of play is it because they're so in control of every game it kind of fools you into thinking that they're unbeatable which is interesting to see that fall apart when it does fall apart um yeah but actually i think the first game that i was like oh this is my favorite game of the tournament so far was also a game that spain was involved in and it was the spain germany group game the one one tie um and i thought it was like at the time and perhaps even still like the most interesting like tactical battle because like they were just playing such different styles both pretty effectively like spain as you were saying was just like keeping the ball constantly and germany was trying to hit on the counter attack um and also to me that just like encapsulated what the world cup was about which is seeing players who i don't normally get to see play and like just being kind of like amazed by them so like pedri and gavi for spain are like people who like i never get to watch and so getting to watch them was just an absolute pleasure um and like hardly anyone on the spain team plays in the premier league like i think it's mostly like rodri um and laporte um are basically the only two and so getting to watch like spanish players who i don't normally get to see and and german players too right getting to watch serge gnabry um, Leroy Sané, um, um, people like this, 
so that that game was super fun for me. Also, I was just absolutely in love with the German jerseys. I thought those like home jerseys with the big black middle stripe were so cool. I wish they oh. stayed in just so I could watch them more. Yeah, I really like those kits. Um, yeah, I really like those kits a lot. I think we even talked about those specifically with yeah. Jake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like, and I don't remember what he thought about them, but to me it was like, it just felt so like, like kind of like brutalist German, like, I don't know, there's something very like um, embedded in kind of a German aesthetic about it that I really liked. Um, and then I think the other game that I liked watching the most was the Brazil-Serbia quarterfinals game that Serbia won. Um, because I was Wait, watching... hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Brazil, Croatia, you mean? Oh, did I say Serbia? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, I meant Brazil, Croatia. Um, uh, yeah, so that quarterfinals game that ended up 1-1, that Croatia won on penalties. Um, because I was watching that thinking... I think I was watching it in my office, and I was kind of like, when Neymar scored his goal that was incredible, I was like kind of trying not to like yell and make a lot of noise, and then thought that Croatia was totally out of it. They score in like the 117th minute or something like that of, in extra time and just did not see that coming at all. Um, yeah, it was just incredible. So much fun to watch. Yeah, and then also on the same day, just a little bit later, you had Netherlands-Argentina. Oh my gosh. I think is up there for maybe the best game of the tournament. It was like so, it was definitely the wildest game of the tournament. yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Um oh, man. Like yeah, when that guy just, when that guy kicked it into the Netherlands bench, the Argentina player kicked the ball into the oh, Netherlands bench. And then yeah. Virgil van Dijk just like bodied him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, there was so much uh tension in that game. Like man, it, a brawl could have broken out at any moment. And oh. they kind of, they kind, you know, you kind of started to get some like little scraps and where the teams would come together and no one would like throw a punch or like headbutt anyone necessarily, but like it was borderline, like someone's about to get thrown out. Um, like it could easily turn and just be uh, just, <laughs> just an all out brawl. But yeah, I mean, I think what really does it though is I think what like tips this one over as opposed to maybe another like late equalizer or late winner type of game is just the way the Netherlands scored their equalizer late in, I guess it was in extra time. Yeah, I think so. In like the 110th. No, no, no. Like it was like, there was like 10 minutes of extra time or something. Uh, in extra time 10 minutes of added time in extra time and then like got it to the end and you know you've got a free kick on the outside of the box and everyone expects them to shoot and they just pass it in and then score like yeah and so that was that was at the that was at the end of regular time so that oh, was in a regular time yeah so they needed to that to time. send it to extra time yeah yeah, yeah. and then nobody scored an extra yeah, time exactly think. yeah right yeah just oh man just uh just I don't know, just crazy, and and I'm I'm personally happy that Argentina won that game. Um, I, that's yeah. another reason I that's another reason I think that one's one of my favorites is because 
I kind of wanted Argentina to win it anyway. And so the fact that they ended up pulling it out makes it a little bit, um, uh, makes it a, a fonder memory for me. Yeah. That also had one of the, one of the kind of hallmarks of a good world cup game, which is like really erratic refereeing. Um, it's always fun to see like some really inconsistent refereeing at a world cup game. <laughs> that, that seems like pretty par for the course too. Yeah. I mean, we could just go on and on about the quarterfinals though. Cause Morocco, yeah. Portugal was amazing. Yeah. Just watching them, just watching them pull it off. <laughs> Just I know. wild stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know what the keeper was doing, Portugal's keeper, but I mean, what a great header. And yeah, just Portugal couldn't do anything. I like Morocco's defense has been just insane. Yeah. I think they've only allowed one goal. And yeah, I, I think and I think that's right. It was a penalty, right? Uh I think I don't so. remember. They haven't they've lost yet. Uh-uh. That's insane. And yeah. then and then would you say that England versus France was the highest quality game of the tournament so far? I can't say because I was at the airport. So oh. like, so I only caught glimpses of it, okay. but I did see pretty much. So I didn't see, I did not see France's first goal, but I did see, um, I did see both of Kane's penalties and France's yeah. second goal. So I, I caught kind of like the, I was able to catch like the the main points, but I didn't really get a good idea of like how well they played. Um, yeah, both. it was. I imagined it was, it was pretty high quality. It was pretty high quality. Like the first half was like pretty much all France. I would say the first goal hmm. was was Chuamani, like a really long distance shot that kind of deflected off of someone. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you had the two Kane penalties and the Giroud header yeah. in the second half. Um, yeah, that second Kane penalty, man, I was like. I was sure How? that was going in. How did he? I, well, so I wasn't necessarily sure that it was going in just because I feel like two penalties in one game. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to do. I don't, not that it's hard to do it, but I don't know. I think that there's a lot of mental stuff there that it's like hard to overcome maybe. Um, but the way that he missed, it's not like I. I expected maybe to like, Oh, maybe he gets saved or it hits the post or something. But yeah, geez, like what? I don't know. I've ne- he is the best penalty taker in the world, in my opinion. And for him to miss it like that was shocking. Yeah. I but, wonder, I, mean, I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if it was a situation where, like, you know, in a high pressure situation, maybe his go to is like just hit it hard down the middle, you know, as opposed to trying to pick out a corner. And then it just didn't work out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he always hits it so hard. Yeah. I don't know. Man, that uh, that maybe leads us on to uh, another point, which is who we think will win the tournament. Let's go there while we're talking mm, about okay. things. Uh, do we want to count down and say who we think is going to win the tournament at the same time? So I kind of have two answers. One is I've got an answer with my head and an answer with my heart. So which one do you want me to go with? I want I want on the countdown and want you to go with your head. All right. All right. Yeah, this is like this is who I would this is who I would pick if I was a betting man. Okay. Uh 3 2 1 France. France. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're so good. I 
I just don't want a France-Croatia repeat. I mean, how boring is that going to be? I mean, it's not going to be boring because it's going to be a World Cup final, but, like, please give us something different. Yeah. Please. I agree. Um, I think uh, a dream out of these four, a dream final for me would be Argentina-Morocco. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? I would love that so much. <laughs> oh, me too. Could you imagine if Morocco won? They have... They haven't conceded a goal. Uh, it, they've always conceded one goal, and I think they've not even conceded any open play goals. I'm pretty sure the only goal was a penalty. I think I think you're right about that. Yeah, I got. I'm going to find it. But it was, you, uh, I, mean, I think there's no reason the, to think Portugal. that they couldn't. Oh no, that was something else. It was um, um, okay. Look, I know that they. Oh, it was an own goal. Oh, it was an own goal. So technically, no one has scored on. That's insane. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. So like there's that's like as you say kind of like the heart answer but I think it's also like a head answer too in the sense of like it would be really interesting to see Messi try to break down that Morocco defense you know that would be yeah. fascinating oh. to watch Oh my my heart is, my heart is not Morocco winning it my heart is Argentina winning it <laughs> Ah no man my heart is Morocco winning it. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I would love it if Morocco won. But my heart being um, who I want to win. And I want Argentina to win just for Messi. Yeah. I don't know. I, I He, I don't know. He's so good. He deserves a World Cup. I think I, 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 think I, I felt know. a little bit more that way before the Netherlands game. And then like the like all of the kind of like shit with the like netherlands stuff and he was just being like kind of like a whiny baby afterwards and him okay. and, oh my gosh emmy martinez oh my gosh i cannot stand that guy um, oh no the, the goalie, i see i haven't i haven't, I haven't gotten any of this so you're gonna have to break the news to me it's just it's just like you know cl- like what you would expect with people just like shitting on the refs and um like you know blaming everything on everyone else but like to the max uh oh. with especially with emmy martinez messi a little bit less so but uh yeah i i still would like to see messi win but i think ultimately uh, if morocco would uh won that would be that would be ideal for me it would feel like we're in an alternate reality and, and especially you know? yeah totally and especially because that would mean morocco beats france which in and of itself, know, would, yeah. in and of itself, would be like insane. Oh yeah, yeah, it would be insane. I, I mean, I don't see it happening, but wow, I I would love for it to happen. Yeah, uh, so I'm definitely going to be rooting for Morocco in that game. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Wh- why do I not want Croatia to win? What what is <laughs> what is what is what is inside of me that doesn't want Croatia to win? I don't know uh, what it, I, I would be. I would rather all three of these teams win before Croatia. Why? Is it because they every game goes into extra time and it oftentimes goes into penalties? I don't know. I mean, they they have like players who, like Modric, obviously one of the best players in the world at I you know, know thirty five years got old. Good players, but it's just not. It's not that exciting. It's like Spain. Spain like plays possession in a way that's exciting, I find. And Croatia kind of plays possession in a way that is not terribly exciting, I find. 
and you they rarely score more than one goal a game. Maybe. I I don't know. I've been thinking about a lot lately about where they rank in world football. And to me, they're kind of in a similar place as Belgium, hmm. where they're not like the Frances, the Spains, the Germanys, the Argentinas. And even Argentina, I would say, is like maybe a, a notch down from, at least in their current squad, um, a notch down from maybe those top, top clubs. But Croatia is like a B team where they're like, they're very good, but they're not like in the A tier. Yeah. Um, but it's like this weird thing where I'm like, I I kind of want an A tier team to win or a C tier team to win. Like, I don't want a B tier team to win. And I don't know why. I don't know like what's yeah. what that mental blockage is <laughs> where it's like, I just don't want them to win. Maybe it's because they, maybe it's because they already did their thing last world cup where they surprised people. And in my head, that was a one-time thing and this should not be happening again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, I think maybe why actually now that I'm talking out loud is it's, they are proving me wrong, hmm. and I don't like that. <laughs> so maybe that's why I don't want them to win. Yeah, no, Look totally. At, there's uh, I've obviously not rated them well enough because um, yeah. to do it to to make it to the semifinals two World Cups in a row is 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 huge. Like that's impressive. And one way of thinking about that team, I think, is that in inter it like Croatia shows how international soccer is so different from club soccer where yeah like you can play football that's soccer that's really fun to watch and that gets people excited as spain or germany or all these other players do or all these other teams do um or brazil um but if you can't like close up shop when you need to and if you can't like eke out those one goal games then you're not going to do well consistently in tournaments like the world cup and i think croatia is like kind of built to do well in the world cup in kind of the like a not terribly exciting way if that makes any sense it makes total sense and now that i'm thinking about it and i don't know what england fans would say to this but i kind of think that that's why maybe gareth southgate has done what he's done yeah because he's trying to play more of a tournament football rather than like the most pleasing to watch football. no totally and i think that's why you he's know? been pretty successful same and i wonder i wonder like i don't know I, like i wonder what that means for for his job, because I think that, you know, England wants, England wants a trophy and he's not delivered it, but I think he's, he's been able to come closer than, uh, you know, uh, squads past. And so I think he's got a decent approach to it, but it's weird seeing that, but up against a top, top, you know, uh, nation, wanting to you know dominate and win but having to switch things up and play like a croatia or a morocco in a sense where they're a little bit more pragmatic um 
So I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see what what happens with them. But I do think that's probably why England has done so well in this tournament and in the Euros. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in a sense, it was like, I mean, yes, they lost in the quarterfinals, but I it to me from an England perspective, it doesn't feel nearly that like as bad as that sounds just because they came up against Spain in the quarterfinals. If they had come up against uh, France. Else, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. France. Um, if they had come up against anyone else in the quarterfinals, I think it would have been quite a different story. But yeah. I think, kind of I think so team. too. I think, yeah, I think I would have favored England in pretty much any other game except maybe Brazil. Yeah. That would have been a really interesting one. Yeah. Because um, Brazil, I, think, I mean, they're, Brazil was kind of a wild card. It's like hard to know: do they play better against better teams, or more like um, teams that have more possession of the ball, more attacking teams? I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to move on to uh, talk about some individual players? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, there are kind of two different categories. I want to put these in. The first, let's talk about players from other leagues who have kind of caught our attention. And um, I, the way I was thinking about the seven, I don't know about you was like, who are some players who we don't normally get to watch who you would like to see in the premier league? Um, who would be maybe fun, a fun mix, not necessarily yeah, in at specific teams, but just, it would be fun to watch them consistently. Um, who's caught your yeah. eye? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple that, um, that really jumped out to me just because I had not heard of them really. Um, and the first one is uh, that German kid, um, Marciala. Is that how you? Oh, Jamal Musiala. Musiala, yeah. He's, he's number one uh, on my list too. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, we were, I remember you uh, bringing it up. Um, and I think you were maybe even watching a. I think maybe you were watching a German game, Germany game before I will. So like I saw you post in discord about him. And so then like I made sure to like watch him and man, that he is incredible at dribbling Mm -hmm. um, in tight spaces. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much fun to watch. I would love to watch him more. Um, And he's pretty young, I would imagine. So I think he's, you know, he's got, I don't think he's even quite 20 decent. Yet. Yeah. I think he's got a quite a decent career ahead of him. Um, assuming he can stay fit and um, yeah, I, I would love to watch him more. Yeah. He um, let's see. Yeah. He's 19. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, he is definitely someone I would like to see in the premier league. Although at the same time, he is also feels like the kind of player who will never play in the premier league. Like he might just stay at Bayern his whole career, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely see that. I can see that. He kind of has that thing. And I don't think there are that many players in the in the World Cup who have this, but he has the thing that Messi has, which is like they play very differently, but in both cases, you feel like the ball just kind of like sticks to his foot. Same with um Eden Hazard. That um same style of play. I mean, obviously yeah. Hazard hasn't really kind of after Chelsea he kind of has been in and out, I guess. But yeah, um, just watching Hazard at Chelsea, you can kind of like if you remember those 
moments. You can kind of think about what a Messi in the Premier League would be like, only even better. And uh, same with like Musiala. Like I, I feel like we don't have as many of those types of players in the Premier League um, yeah. that are like standout stars. And that's probably why we don't think of them moving over to the Premier League is because maybe it. I don't know. There's just it's just not as many of those types of players. Yeah. In the league. Yeah. Um, another one that I have on my list is uh, Alfonso Davies, another Bayern player. Oh, yes. Um, and I think what what grabbed my attention about him was like, I've I've seen him play for Bayern and he's obviously amazing. But he was playing more of like a like an attacking midfield role, really more than a wingback role for Canada. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the man is, first of all, huge. I didn't really realize, but he like is imperious on the field. He looks like yeah. massive. And yeah, just like it was cool to watch him in like a purely attacking role because um, he I mean, he's like a good defender, but he's not like primarily a defender, even when he's a wingback. Um, but to see his kind of versatility. Um, another player who I could totally see it never coming to the Premier League. Um, but because so much attention gets put on wingbacks, it was fun to see like maybe one of the best in the world go at it for Canada. Yeah, and unleashed in a couple of ways. One, you were just talking about the positioning. So, you know, they moved him up and he was more attacking. So he was kind of... Uh, unleashed in that way, didn't have to worry as much about his defensive duties, but also um, kind of the shackles were off in another way because he's like the main man for Canada. He's not the main man for Bayern. And so, um, so when he goes from like kind of just a supporting role or kind of slotting in to now everything revolves around him in a way. um, Yeah. It it's different. And so he's got a little bit more a little bit more energy going forward and um has to take risks and has to try to make something happen. And so it was a lot of fun watching him. And I'm very glad that um Canada were in this World Cup. And to be honest, I feel like those I feel like they played well. It's yeah. just that the the fixtures, when you go back and look and see that they lost all three of their group games, like yeah, that doesn't I feel like that doesn't do him justice. Like that, anybody that just looks at that is like, oh yeah, Canada sucks. But you obviously didn't watch the games. Because yeah, because they had Canada, they had Morocco, Canada has like they had Morocco, Croatia, and Belgium in their group. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. How are they supposed to advance out of that group? Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I expected them to maybe draw at least one of those games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a tough, a tough, tough group. Especially now that, you know, two the two that advance from that group are in the semifinals. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely uh, insane. So, yeah, it's also yeah. kind of a, a fun quirk of the World Cup, too. Because, like, there's no other time other than, like, a big international tournament where you will see a team that's, like, clearly built around, like, a left wing back. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's, like, kind yeah. of insane. It's kind of an insane, like, idea for a team to, like, okay, this is our best player. We'll kind of, like, try to funnel as much play through him as possible. Um, and it really, like, skews the field in a very strange and fun way. Oh, yeah, totally. Because you're used to thinking, oh, yeah, this is, like, 
the central midfield, central attacking midfielder, everything revolves around because this is their only good player or it's their striker. Um, But yeah, having it so kind of lopsided like that, although they had some other players um, that, that kind of stood out to me. I think, um, I think it was like Brendan Johnson or something like that is Ryan. Is that ring about Ryan Johnson? Is it Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson is what? No, he's Welsh. Never mind. Um, there was a there was like a that um, I think he played on the right. I think he was like the right back, right? There's a guy named Buchanan who I thought was pretty good. Oh, uh, maybe and that's then, what I'm thinking of. Buchanan, and then there was a Johnson. Okay. Those two, those two. I think I'm pretty sure it was those two that kind of yeah. stood out. They looked pretty good. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful for Canada. I'd love to watch them more. Also, speaking of kits, they're all black kits were the best. I, oh I yeah. Mean, Maybe the best Just kid of the tournament. Amazing. I think I they're my favorite for yeah. sure. Can't go wrong with all black with like red and white accents. That's pretty good. Yeah. Also, one thing that stood out to me, speaking of like aesthetics um and kits, like the logos, like the club, not, not the club crests, the like the the crests that uh each nation had. Yeah. Um stood out to me more this time. I don't know if it's because um, uh, they wanted to make them more prominent or maybe people changed them up for this world cup, but like the Canada one looked cool. Um, Japan's I think is very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ghana, so, Ghana has one of the best, just like the black star. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, yeah, I thought that was, that was a fun thing as well. Um, yeah. Anyone else but, who caught your eye? The only other person I have on my list is, um, and again, probably another player we'll never see in the Premier League, but Antoine Griezmann. Boy, Ooh. howdy, that guy is good. Yeah. Just absolutely. Yeah. Abs- and like he doesn't normally play a central midfield role, at least not in the way that he's playing for France, but he is bossing things in the center midfield right now. Fun to watch. Yeah, totally. I would love to watch him all the time in the Premier League, but yeah, you just don't get the you don't get the vibe that he's he's going to be moving over uh to the premier league um i would say the though the only one that uh, that stood out to me was and this is harking back to the um is it harking or harping i think harking okay i think harking, larping it, larping, larping back. back to the um <laughs> Uh, harking back to the yeah, hark the herald angels sing. So you it's can you Christmas can like time. you can like harp upon something, right? Just to like stay like kind of fixate. Okay, on. but I don't. Oh, think, but hark think, is going back. To I something. think you harken back. Har- I'm harkening, harking, harkening. I think you're harkening back. Harkening back to Spain, <laughs> Costa Rica. The I first. think. I think. <laughs> oh no, I'm doomed. If you don't know. Um, Anyway, going back to Spain, Costa Rica, that 7-0, um, Gavi. Oh, yeah. The, the youngest captain, right? Youngest captain at the World Cup? Uh, Something like that. He, I think Tyler Adams might be younger. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's Tyler Adams. I think Gavi was, like, one of the youngest starters. Yeah, because yeah, I don't, think, World I don't think he captained, but maybe he did. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, no. He doesn't. I, it was, like... I'm pretty sure it was like Sergio Busquets or yeah. somebody. But else. I mean, I mean, the dude's like 18, right? Gabby's still. Like yeah, 18. I mean, insane. And yeah, yeah, I mean, in the middle of a Spain team, just that controls the ball like that. I don't know. He's going to be incredible. I think he's oh. going to be really good. 
really yeah. fun to watch. But you always have, I mean, I'm just, I, I hope that these young players that we watch actually end up developing and, and continuing on um, because so often you you see players that break out in the World Cup that end up not really fulfilling that potential that you thought they had. Yeah. Um, Ahamez Rodriguez comes to mind. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. I, I They're definitely ones to watch, but they are in, like, those two young ones that we mentioned, Musiala and Gavi, just bags, yeah. bags of potential. Santa Claus bags of potential. <laughs> big old sacks of potential. Just lugging along big sacks of That's potential right. as they play. <laughs> um, yeah. So that takes care of the players from other leagues who we're interested in. Um, our last kind of category of things to talk about are players and in some ways this is more interesting because we got to see some players from the premier league play in different contexts and see kind of maybe different sides of their game or just like things about them that were surprising either in good ways or bad ways um so who is in that boat for you who are players from the premier league who may like this tournament made you think differently about them in some way Ooh, uh honestly this was a tough one i don't um, I don't know that there's anyone that I necessarily think differently that I can think of. Or who just caught your head. eye, you know? Like who, who's well, the thinking of Premier League, well, yeah, I mean, thinking of the Premier League, um, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of England players in the Premier League, but... Um, <laughs> England's defense, like their center backs, not not the best. Yeah. Um. So I would say that I don't know. I think that maybe. I mean, obviously Harry Maguire is not even playing for United. Yeah. So that just solidifies what I think about him. Um. John Stones. I don't know. Fine, he's kind of he's kind of a he's know. kind of a backup at City if everyone's healthy, right? Like yeah. I don't think I don't think he starts ahead of Diaz or um, who else plays center back for City? I guess Ake. No, I guess maybe he does start with Diaz if everybody's healthy. Anyway, yeah. But moving forward to um, Saka and Foden, I would say both of them are continuing form. Um, I think they both played very well. I don't know why it took Southgate so long to put Foden in um, yeah. to actually get minutes and even start. I mean, he's obviously obviously should have been starting this whole time. Um, Saka, yeah, Saka was amazing. Saka and Foden were both very, very good. And um, it doesn't necessarily change my mind about them but it was reassuring to see them do it in a different context and still be, and still be doing it. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, it just shows you when they do that, that the quality of the player is there and they're not relying on their teammates because um, they have something very substantial to bring. So yeah, they just continued. I feel like they continued where they left off in the premier league. Saka yeah. and Foden have both been um, pretty decent in the here's, league so far. Here's a question I was thinking about related to Saka. 
Did before the tournament, did we say Saka or Saka? Saka. We did. Bakayo Saka. Because I don't I can't remember. Saka? Saka? I think we, I I think think we Saka. I think we said Saka because Saka? I remember was it? in in the USA game. I remember one of the American commentators saying his name and thinking, oh, that's a strange pronunciation. And I think he pronounced it Saka. But I, I could be wrong about that. But it's Kaya funny Saka. that I can't it's funny that I can't remember. Uh did you listen to any of football cliches? Uh, have you been yes. listening to any of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them. Remember, do you remember the um do you remember the AI the AI commentator that they no. talked? No, oh I missed gosh. that. I gotta oh, go back. You gotta the, you need to go back and listen. Uh but yeah, the AI commentator pronounces it and it sounds almost identical to like soccer, but without an R. Um oh. So now, now I'm like, did I just say that because I swear I heard like soccer? Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll I'll be listening once the Premier League starts back up again to kind of recalibrate my pronunciation of that name. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, the players, the players. Yeah, did you been, have players standing I, out? So I've got a couple because this is what was most interesting to me. I think uh, the people who I feel like I see differently. One, interestingly. Kevin De Bruyne, I feel like he was kind of like not in a good way, like kind of like a diva for Belgium. Yeah, in a was. way that in the way that I'm not used to thinking about him as for Man City, which is very yes. interesting. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of like an interesting psychological difference. Um, uh, because I guess he's probably the best player on that team, and is the I guess I think he captains. And so he's just in like a different position. And uh yeah, just very interesting. Uh, another one, Hakeem Ziek. Um mm. playing for Morocco, obviously playing really, really well. Um, don't think he ever plays like that for Chelsea. Um no. and so it's fun to see him really like putting in a shift. Uh the two others are Alexis McAllister for Argentina. Okay. Um, who starts for Argentina. Would never have guessed that based on his... I mean, he's been good at Brighton, but he's not been, like, you know, amazing. Um, I haven't thought, at least. And, like, consistently earning a starting spot in the Argentina team that may end up winning the World Cup is wild. Um, And then the last one, that even though the team was bad, I was surprised and pleasantly surprised to see Onana play for them. Um, Your own Onana. Um, That's right. Yeah, so was, I mean, I knew, cool. I knew, I've been watching him, so I knew he was quality, um, and I knew he would probably get minutes at yeah. some point. I thought um, he played well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got a little, got a little heated in uh, at least one of the games that I watched. So he's got to be careful. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a he's a good player. Um, we did well getting him. Yeah. Um, but going back to Ziek, it just just watching a player like that makes me want him somewhere else in the Premier League. Like just go so like 
just go yeah. somewhere where you're going to get playing time. And so you can play. I want to watch you. Like, where would you like him fun. to go? Where would you like Everton? To see just come to Everton. Like, um, <laughs> um wow, no, that would I mean, that would be kind of funny. Honestly, him and Anthony I mean, Gordon just like waifs on the sides of the field. These like yeah. featherweight featherweight wingers. Well, I mean, I haven't thought about the Premier League in so long, but I would say that, and I can't think of the starting lineups, but I feel like um, he would probably have. I feel like the team that I think of that would maybe make the most sense is possibly Leeds. Um, Interesting. I don't know if it would make the most sense, but I think that would be a fun, fun one yeah. for him to play on. It's almost um, like a like for like for Rafinha in a way. In a way, yeah. Obviously, different a different style of player. Um, and maybe he doesn't necessarily have just like the raw pace that you kind of need to play out wide with Leeds. Um, but that would be my, I mean, where would you want him to go? Um, I don't know. I mean, he feels like an Arsenal player, but I don't think he would get into the Arsenal team at the moment. Um, no, I mean, Newcastle, would he, uh, I don't even know. Maybe, I I mean, Wilson, Almiron, him, Wilson and Almiron. I don't know. I, I would how, I'd how say would it would be more top. likely to be somewhere like West Ham or or like yeah. Villa or something like that. Ooh, not it's West not, Ham. They're too far down. I don't know. I mean, like, think about how much Jesse Lingard helped them out last year, right? It's like a little <laughs> yeah. goes a long way for West Ham, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> right now their attacking is is not great with Mikhail Antonio, but yeah. um kind of off the deep end, but um who were the other ones you mentioned? Mac out Al- McAllister. Mac Allister. Yeah. Um yeah, that one is very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That one is interesting to watch. I wonder if part of it is because not to discredit him at all, because I think he is a very good player and he's showing that this season. Um, but part of me wonders if it's just because they don't necessarily have another player to to fit in there. Yeah. But the Argentina squad is kind of is on paper is not as good as it has been. There's yeah, a pretty significant drop off with Di Maria getting older, Messi getting old. I mean, Messi's messy, but um, th- yeah. I mean, think about like some older Argentina squads, and man, they had some incredible players. I don't know how they didn't win a World Cup with yeah. um, gosh. So, I mean, it was like two or three World Cups ago when it was like Messi. Um, I think. They still had Iguain. Um, yeah, they had young Aguero, Di young Di Maria. Right? Yeah, Angel Di Maria. Um, and I feel like there's one more. Yeah, Iguain, Aguero, Messi, Di Maria. Like, oh my gosh! So, like, when they, I don't know. I feel like the Argentina squad has kind of dropped off, and maybe that's why McAllister is has kind of made his way in there. Yeah, that's kind of why I don't think they're going to win is I just like obviously they have Messi, but they it's pretty spotty in other places, I think. Yeah, definitely spotty, but I mean if they pull it off, I mean everyone's just gonna be talking about Messi just carrying them through. Like yeah, basically. It will, I mean, if they do win it, it's because of that. And so it would oh, yeah. be pretty incredible to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good this this World Cup. Like yeah. Did um, you watch that uh that assist on the 
I think it was the second, I can't remember if it was the first or second goal against Netherlands. Um, I think he had the first one. Yeah. He, I think he scored the first. No, one. no, no. It was, this wasn't a goal. This is an assist. Uh, right. I know. So yeah. he must have assisted the second. I think he scored right in that game. Uh, I think so. I can't remember. I think he scored a penalty, maybe. Oh, maybe. I can't. Yeah, remember. you're right. You're right. You're right. They're the all, second one was his together. penalty. You're right. Anyway. Yeah. But like, it just an amazing assist, kind of like no look, like 3D chess type pass, kind of wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's been good. Um, any other players that, that stuck out to you? Um, no, I mean, I think I think it's been. Oh, what did you think of? What did you think of Perisic? What do you think of him oh. so far during this World Cup? I think he's kind of been a little disappointing. I mean, I mean, he's playing in a weird position. He's playing like a forward, basically, which I guess he kind of was for Tottenham at the end of. But- but that's that's where Perisic played last World Cup, and that's kind of like what he used to do when he was younger. I guess, right? It's only recently where he's been. I think it's only recently now that he's been gotten older that he's been moved back to like a wing back position. Oh, interesting. That, I, I mean, that. that's my understanding. I could be wrong. That makes sense, though. But I mean, it's like, yeah, it's just weird. It's yeah. like hard. It's hard for me to like compute. And it's also weird that he can't seem to like play more than like a half for <laughs> for Tottenham, and yet he's able to like play at least like seventy minutes every Croatia game. every game in this World <laughs> Cup. It's yeah, <laughs> I think I feel like that's true of a lot of people. It's just like they're putting yeah. in so much more effort <laughs> for for their yeah their national teams than they are for their club yeah. Teams. This is for fun, and the other one is their job, and they get to have fun every four years. So yeah, basically they're gonna but make all, the most of it, I guess. The only other person I have on my list is uh, Marcus Rashford. I think he's played pretty well, um, not just with hmm. the free kick goal that he scored, but I thought he's looked pretty dangerous when he's gotten to play. Um, Interesting. And I think he'll probably continue to, I hope he continues to do well at Manchester United because despite not liking Manchester United that much, I like Marcus Rashford quite a lot. So, yeah, I want him to do well. I just don't know. I mean, he will have more opportunities now with one less player in the squad. Yeah, Um, seriously. So, so that's good for him. Um, It's just whether or not they're going to give him the opportunity. And I think if they don't give, if, if, you know, I think he should just go somewhere else if he's not going to get the opportunity. But oh, another another Premier League player who uh, I look on less favorably now, as a result of the World Cup, in addition to KDB, is Anthony, the Manchester United winger. Really, I thought he was bad for Brazil. Hmm. I I like it. It kind of. Uh, drove home to me like how one-dimensional of a player he is okay yeah he's definitely one-dimensional and and obviously there's like ways of doing that like you know the whole like Aryan robin like argument of someone who basically does one thing but does it really well um like i can see that argument i just don't think he's that good as good as Aryan robin was and like able to kind of like do that one cut inside left foot curling shot to the back post thing which is like literally all he ever does yeah Uh, that's true that's fair um yeah that's the thing is i think he's actually got 
he's got potential if he would allow himself to maybe do a little bit more than that. Because when yeah. I watched him, I thought he is quick. He's got a good touch. Um, and he does have some skill moves that allow him to beat players. If he could just maybe not do, maybe not try the same thing over and over yeah. and just, figure out just, how to do it and cross the ball or do exactly. it and, and, you know, feed someone into the box or I don't know if he if was he able could to just make it to the byline and cross it in with his right foot every once in a while. I think it would benefit his game hugely, yeah. but he never seems to want totally. to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, one, one, uh, last one that we want to mention and no longer a premier league player. So an ex premier league player, but one that I miss very dearly. And one that I think got, um, that maybe not underrated, maybe not under the radar, maybe not overlooked, but still never got enough credit was Olivier Giroud. I oh. mean, what a guy. What a just guy. an incredible player. Yeah. Incredible. Like, just when you think of um, just a classic number nine that just has that, it's like that secret ingredient of just knowing where the goal is, just being at the right place at the right time and always, like, just having the finesse to do it. Just he's got it he like he has that one quality that so many strikers that that start young that have like raw talent sometimes never find and they just don't and i think you just are born with it like yeah and you just it just shows that he is still doing it and i don't know he's just he's just such a player and i think um i think he could have even had an even better career in the premier league had he had enough opportunity i, I don't know yeah there was just, no, totally. i feel like he was just there if he like even if he was playing for arsenal now versus arsenal three seasons ago yeah. which is what he was doing you know like if he played with this arsenal yeah. who creates a lot of chances has like martin odegaard and bakayo saka and, and who needed and, and up until this season needed that type of player uh also interesting, I mean, with Gabriel Jesus being out for a couple months. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe they find a way to bring Olivier Giroud back. Ooh, spicy, spicy meatball. I that would, would love be that. Interesting. Wow. I would love that too. <sighs> wow. Wow. Uh mm. is that is there anything else we want to talk about, Evan? I think that's everything that I have. Yeah, I think that's everything for now. Hopefully the listener, listeners enjoyed it um, and have been enjoying the World Cup. But um, I don't know. Me and you, you and I will talk about um, what's next for us and this podcast uh, as far as when the next episode is not whether or not we will continue to do it. <laughs> do I hope someone just had a heart attack. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll 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 be in touch in the future to talk about fantasy and stuff. But for now, just in, like let's enjoy the World Cup for what it is and um, enjoy this break a little bit longer. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, we will see you all later, listeners. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>